This holiday season, remember the families who've lost loved ones to COVID-19. Don't risk losing your loved ones. Stay vigilant, make smart choices, avoid indoor gatherings, and wear a mask. Spread hope, not COVID. For tips, visit michigan.gov slash holiday 2020. For all a message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at lesliemarshallshow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. on the left or on the right that voted for Joe Biden. He is uh, leading more than leading more than double this lead in Nevada, uh, still leading in Arizona, leading, although by a small margin, and there'll be a recount in Georgia. May I remind you, there's never been a state flipped with a recount in a presidential election with a recount uh, ever. Um, I don't think it's ever never changed, you know, the uh, final outcome. Uh, and uh, he is ahead in uh, Pennsylvania. And even with the legal challenges, Joe Biden will still be president because if he wins all of those states, I said he's ahead in, he can lose one of them. Heck, he could lose two, depending on which we're talking about. He could lose like Nevada and Georgia if he has Pennsylvania. He could lose Pennsylvania if he has Nevada and Georgia. And then you add to that uh, Arizona, right? Um, we will see, uh, but hopefully we have an announcement. Speaking of, uh, Joe Biden will be speaking tonight. And I, I just want to point something out. May I? I know I'm a Democrat and I voted for Joe Biden. It's not like some big secret or surprise. I, when people go, you're biased on television. Yeah, I'm paid to be biased. <laughs> I am, I am uh, on Fox News Channel as a liberal democratic progressive uh, democratic strategist. A democratic, what does that mean? I'm a strategist on the democratic side not a strategist for Republicans. And I often debate what? A Republican strategist. So that's why you have one on one side, one on the other. Um, I am hoping, although I'm a pessimist, but I'm hoping that we as a nation, if Joe Biden is elected, can maybe do what he said to put the rhetoric behind us and to move forward. Not sure, already hearing about Trump and his family and just not just the legal action, but you know, keeping him alive for the next four years. I don't mean alive, but like the rallies and whatever. So here, one of his offspring can run in 2024. They're convinced that Joe Biden will be a one-term president. Hopefully not. Hopefully he'll uh, he'll surprise us. And uh, if in fact he wins, uh, we will have the first woman in the White House, not as a first lady and not as a staff member. Uh, that will be amazing. And a woman of color, an Indian mother, a Jamaican father. That is uh, that is pretty incredible. And uh, I would love to see a woman in the first position at some point. I did want it in 2016, but I've moved on. Uh, and uh, I, I'm 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 hopeful 
I'm hopeful uh, for our future. Beyonce has a song that said, who runs the world? Girls do, right? Girls run the world. More women, record number of women voted, record number of women uh, ran, and a record number of women won. And even though I'm not a Republican, I love to see more women uh, in uh, Washington uh, in control of the House and the Senate. Because girls, we you know, we just do things better than the boys. <laughs> We're multitaskers. We're organized. Yeah, we're emotional, but, you know, who cares? Uh, anyway, uh, lots uh, to talk about today uh, in this hour on the show. I'm Leslie Marshall. I am so tired. I have not had a day off in almost two weeks now. I have not had a good night's sleep in really over a week now. <laughs> and I want this election to be called so I can have a cocktail, I can have a good night's rest, and I can have a day off. Uh, anyway, uh, let's get to it and check what's ripped. On the cost of winning the pre- oh, can I just point this out? Sorry, I, I want to point out that Joe B- Biden has spoken twice. He will speak a, a third time since this uh, started. He has been patient, kind, calm, and has um, requested that we be calm. He's not had any lawsuits. Now you have to remember there are many states where Joe Biden was losing and it was tight. Joe Biden and Donald Trump were in a practically virtual tie last night in Georgia. Yet Joe Biden is not asking for recounts. Joe Biden is is not uh, asking people that work with him or people that support him to go out and to demand to oversee and look at uh, the people counting the polls, even though there are poll watchers, bipartisan poll watchers at every single polling location in the United States of America. That is a fact. They're even live streaming it outside in Arizona to appease the Trump mob. Uh, Donald Trump, I mean, excuse me, Joe Biden um, has not uh, launched uh, or had his attorneys launch any lawsuits, hasn't asked for a recount, hasn't asked anybody, like I said, to, you know, demand outside. And no, he's, he's asked for calm and he's asked for the process to play out and he's asked for every vote to count. And he's patiently waiting for the result, whether he wins or loses. And to me, that alone shows the difference in what's coming as opposed to what was, I'm hopeful. Anyway, what's for for the headlines? On the cusp of winning the presidency, Joe Biden is poised to deliver an address to the nation, as I just mentioned today, later today, I think it's 6.30 Eastern. Uh, he, his team prepares to move quickly and announce major pieces of his transition into the White House. Um, they already have said that the Secret Service have put some measures in place to protect areas around on the ground and uh, in the airspace uh, around uh, his home in Wilmington, Delaware. His team is also preparing for the uh, stark reality that if he wins, he's going to have to fight, first of all, for the legitimate legitimacy of his own victory. As of this morning, he has 253 electoral votes, 264 if you count Fox News Channel and Associated Press's prediction. And I have to say, not just because I work there, but the decision room at Fox News Channel is one of the finest. And I believe they were accurate in their call, and so does Associated Press in Arizona. We'll just have to wait for everyone else uh, to come on board. So right now, everybody else has Biden at 253 electoral votes, uh, uh, has Trump at 213. And in the battlegrounds, uh, Biden has, even though they're narrow, leads in Pennsylvania and Georgia, and leads more substantial in Arizona and Nevada. But according to the mayor and governor of Pennsylvania, those leads for Joe Biden will get larger, and many people say will be 80 to perhaps 100,000 or higher um, ahead of Donald Trump. So the stage is set where he is living in his hometown and staying in Wilmington, Delaware. 
Um, fireworks will be launched if uh, Biden is declared the winner of the election. There is a speech, like I said, taking place tonight. And meanwhile, his advisors have mounted an aggressive behind the scenes push to get his supporters and more importantly, Republicans to help validate the sanctity of the election. You have some Republicans uh, speaking uh, in defense. Uh, you know, you had, uh, you know, Toomey and you had Blunt on television. You had Rick Santorum. Um, Romney has come out. Uh, Republicans that think it's despicable what the president said yesterday when there's no evidence of fraud. Uh, the Biden campaign took note of the tone, that dire tone the president had yesterday, last night from the White House, uh, and began a plan that is underway today to actually get some old allies of Joe Biden's in the Senate and others uh, from a lifetime in public life. This is where a lifetime politician can be helpful, folks, uh, to speak to the legitimacy um, of the election. There'll also be people like John Kasich, who, you know, and other Republicans, I'm sure Jeff Flake, who are on, not, not in office. And I think it's easier now for Republicans who know that Donald Trump will lose to speak out against him, except for a couple uh, like uh, Lindsey Graham and, uh, you know, others who have written checks uh, to the tune of half a million dollars to help uh, bankroll like he needs it. He claims to be rich all the time, his legal fund. Uh, any, anyway, uh, the campaign also made clear, the Biden campaign, that a concession from Trump is not necessary, by the way. Um, this is what Andrew Bates said in a statement this morning. He's the campaign spokesman for the Biden campaign, quote, the American people will decide this election and the United States government is perfectly capable of escorting trespassers out of the White House. Biden does, and, and you know, I posted when Mitt Romney conceded, when George H. W. Bush conceded to Bill Clinton, when Mitt Romney con conceded to uh, Barack Obama, even Hillary Clinton minutes after Donald Trump was uh, declared the win winner and clearly won by 270, she called him and conceded. Uh, Biden does not plan to wait for any of the legal challenges to be settled. Um, he intends to immediately shift into mode of president-elect to avoid ceding any momentum, and he has to. Look at the numbers of COVID, look at the numbers of unemployment, and look at how divided our nation is. The Biden transition team has been working behind the scenes for months, by the way, as required of all candidates seeking the presidency. But the urgency of the plan is being seen by Biden advisors is even more important in the wake of Trump's questioning the legitimate legitimacy of this election. Now, one of the most important conversations that Joe Biden will have is with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell um, of Kentucky. By the way, McConnell, even Graham, but McConnell has said he is willing to work with Biden. Uh, he is willing to work with Democrats. He just doesn't want anything. He's not willing to work with like legislation that comes from far left AOC in the squad field. And look, that doesn't make us happy, but we have a divided Congress, right? We have the House, they have the Senate. And until that changes, hopefully in January, uh, somebody like Biden is gonna be able to cross, uh, you know, work across the aisle. And that's what I said all along. I always said, by the way, can I just say, I was right, I was right, I was right. I said that Joe Biden would be able to fit Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania more than any other Democrat running in the primary. And I said that Joe Biden would be able to work with Republicans like if he does, I'm listening to Marshall Moore Rick right after this. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted, one moment, did you capture it? Just let it slip. Let's go. 
You gotta watch the movie about this guy's life. Seriously. Even if you don't like the music or that you don't like the guy. It's very interesting and very fascinating. I love stories of underdogs. I love stories of impossible things. Um, you know, when I was adopting my son from Pakistan, and before I did, I Googled uh, adopting from Pakistan, American adopting from Pakistan, and I kid you not, the word impossible came up. And it lit a fire under me because, look, there are some things that are impossible. I don't want to get all weepy. <clears throat> I've had things in my life that, you know, you can't bring people back that you love from the dead. Uh, sometimes it's impossible when you have a diagnosis and it's too far gone. But, and sometimes there are miracles. Um, but, yeah, I just love it. You know, I love those stories of, you know, and, and that's why I love what I'm watching with Joe Biden. <laughs> I mean, this is the third time that, you know, the guy is at everything in a sense going against him. I mean, who would want to be president, right? COVID-19, unemployment at almost 8%. Uh, and and we're spiking. It's just uh, absolutely absolutely amazing, um, what uh, what we are going through right now. Uh, but anyway, let's continue uh, with our ripped from the headlines here. I'm Leslie Marshall, and happy happy uh, Friday. Just want to mention Joe Biden and Mitch McConnell do have a long relationship. Um, they like one another. And when I talked about calm, that's what Joe Biden said. Stay calm. The process is working. The count is being completed. Uh, let's rip another. There's a growing list of Republicans now that have reproached President Trump for his baseless claims of widespread voter fraud. In televised remarks yesterday, the president provided no evidence for his claim that widespread voter fraud has caused his initial lead in the presidential race to slip away. He also pledged to continue fighting to have ballots thrown out of the courts. Now, I mentioned some of these people earlier. Let me tell you what they exactly were saying. Former New Jersey Governor uh, Christi, Chris Christie um, I think he is on what ABC uh, now as a uh, an analyst. He said, "quote We heard nothing today." Yeah, thank you. We heard nothing today about any evidence. This kind of thing, all it does is inflame without informing, and we cannot permit inflammation without information. Senator Mitt Romney, Republican from Utah, senator says the president is wrong to say that the election was rigged, corrupt, and stolen. Doing so damages the cause of freedom here and around the world, weakens the institutions that light the foundation of the republic, and recklessly inflames destructive and dangerous passions. Senator Pat Toomey, a Republican from Pennsylvania, said, I saw the president's speech last night. and It was very hard to watch. The president's allegations of large scale fraud and the theft of the election are just not substantiated. I'm not aware of any significant wrongdoing here. Former president, uh, former Senator Jeff Flake, Republican from Arizona. No Republican should be OK with the president's statements just now. Unacceptable, period. Governor Larry Hogan, Maryland governor, Republican. There is no defense for the president's comments tonight undermining our democratic process. America is counting the votes and we must respect the results as we always have before. No election or person is more important than our democracy. Uh, Representative Will Hurd, Republican from Texas, a sitting president undermining our political process and questioning the legality of the voices of countless Americans without evidence is not only dangerous and wrong, it undermines the very foundation this nation was built upon. Every American should have his or her vote counted. Representative Adam Kinzinger, a Republican from Illinois. I always say that name wrong, apologies. We want every vote counted. Yes, every legal vote, of course. But if you have legit concerns about fraud, present evidence and take it to court. Stop spreading debunked misinformation. This is getting insane. Representative Denver uh, Riggleman, Rep Republican from Virginia, um, said, uh, uh, like uh, uh, Kinzinger, 
Uh, I took an oath to defend this country and fight for the democratic ideals it stands for. Count every vote, yes, but stop the Bravo Sierra, Mr. President, and respect the democratic process that makes America great. Congressman Paul Mitchell, Republican from Michigan, every legal vote should and will be counted as they always are. Where there are issues, there are ways to address them. If anyone has proof of wrongdoing, it should be presented and resolved. Anything less harms the integrity of our elections and is dangerous for our democracy. Former Pennsylvania Governor Tom Ridge, a Republican, with his remarks from the White House tonight, the president disrespected every single American who has figured out a way to safely vote amid a pandemic that has taken 235,000 lives. Very good point. Not to mention those who are dutifully counting that vote. Absolutely shameful, yet so predictable. Former White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer, I haven't seen any evidence of it. And again, I don't think it helps his case. If he sees an instance in Pennsylvania or Nevada and this particular thing happened, then call it out. But saying voter fraud, you can't just throw a term out that w without being specific. And 19 former U.S. attorneys, all of whom served under Republican president, said in a statement jointly, quote, we hereby call upon the president to <clears throat> we hereby call upon the president to patiently and respectfully allow the lawful vote counting process to continue in accordance with applicable federal and state laws and to avoid any other further comments or other actions which can serve only to undermine our democracy. Of note, many Republicans who have condone, condemned Donald Trump's recent comments have been critics of the president in the past. Vice President Mike Pence, who did not appear with Trump last night, uh, tweeted, I stand with President Trump. We must count every legal vote. By the way, nobody's counting the illegal votes. There are no illegal votes. They're either ballots that were filled out properly. My kids hate when I do that. You know, my kids say when I'm mad at them and I'm like, why didn't you do? <laughs> they say, are you going to fly, mom? <laughs> oh, teenagers. Uh, anyway, so, you know, look, there, there, there are no illegal votes. Okay. What there are are ballots filled out improperly that won't be counted. And those can be corrected up until a certain date. Remember, this you know, we are the United States of America. We are 50 states. We have a federal government, but the federal government also gives certain powers to the states. And one of the powers it gives to the states is for the states to determine how their elections operate. And a Republican legislature in Pennsylvania said, hey, we have a great idea. And Republicans throughout Let's help Republicans happy and, and kiss Donald Trump's ass and make it look like he's winning the election called the Red Mirage. We'll have those mail-in ballots counted last. Let's not, let's not encourage people to vote via mail-in ballot despite a COVID-19 pandemic. And guess what happened? The American people said, I'm not dying for you, buddy. So some people voted in person. Many of those were Republicans and Trump supporters. But there are many millions of people that did not vote in person. And in states like Pennsylvania, just using that one as an example, they count those votes last. So the reason there's a delay, Republicans shot themselves in the foot here, okay? Republicans made this decision. The Republican legislature made the decision to count these votes last. And the Supreme Court said that Pennsylvania and North Carolina can count every single ballot as long as it is postmarked by or it gets in by the election date or is postmarked by the election date. By the way, North Carolina has till November 13th to count the votes. I don't see, like I said earlier, Joe Biden screaming, and I don't see Donald Trump asking for um, any kind of uh, litigation in North Carolina. By the way, what he is arguing about in Pennsylvania is exactly what's happening in North Carolina. So this is very political because he's leading in North Carolina. He doesn't care about accuracy. He cares about winning, and he can't accept losing. 
We're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have uh, our guest with us. I'm sorry. I chatted so much. I didn't get through most of the rip from the headlines here. And Mark worked so hard on it. Sorry, Marky Mark. Um, we'll take a break. We'll be back. Is our guest after this, Mark, or more ripped? Guest. Guest next? Guest next? Okay. We'll be back. We'll be back. Boss Bruce Springsteen, who it doesn't look like we'll have to move to uh, Australia. Australia. Oh, I'm hearing myself in delay. Mark. Okay. Okay. Uh, Reva, do you have a speaker on? Well, I, what do you mean a speaker other than the speaker that's on Skype? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't have headphones. Well, let's see. Wait, 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 wait. Should I put mine on, Mark? Will that make a difference or no? Everybody, yeah, we don't. Everybody gets a little thing. inside baseball there. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. okay, so. Yeah, I don't hear the echo anymore, so I think that fixed it. I don't it. hear it either. Maybe Great. it was mine. Could have been mine. Well, I think we're um, good now. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, um, okay. Anyway, here we are. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back. Glad to have with us uh, Ariva Martin. Uh, Ariva is an award-winning attorney, best-selling author, legal commentator, talk show host, and television producer. Does more than I do. Ariva has positioned herself as a critical voice for social justice and used her razor-sharp point of view to become America's go-to advocate. She attended the University of Chicago, graduated with honors before earning a law degree from Harvard in my home city of Boston, or technically Cambridge, law school. Ariva's ability to highlight the important struggles that minorities, especially women, are facing this year has placed her at the top of every major list of media commentators. Recently, she's been active in the defense of minorities this year, also eloquently illustrating the importance of women being at the front of the political conversations. She's also been a good friend of Vice President candidate Kamala Harris, soon to be Madam, and I think it's funny because uh, Senator Harris's uh, sister um, has been joking about how to properly smell, spell Madam on Twitter this morning. Uh, the two uh, met in their college years. More than a pleasure uh, to have with us Ariva Martin. Uh, Ariva, Ms. Martin, which do you prefer? Absolutely, Ariva. And Leslie, I was trying to detect that accent. So now that you say your hometown <laughs> is Boston or Cambridge, it all makes sense. I was getting a little concerned. Like, hmm, I wonder where that accent is coming from. But uh, it's a Bostonian accent, and it's a very distinctive accent. So. It is, and if I drink, it's much more distinctive. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure to be with you. And a What a day. What a day, I know. Well, uh, Senator Kamala Harris, your buddy and uh, former classmate, uh, is uh, situated to, I'm getting uh, emotional, uh, going to make history as the first woman to become vice president. 
She is also uh, a woman of color. She is a black woman. She is a South uh, Asian uh, American uh, person. She's like me. I'm half Jewish, half Christian, married to a Muslim. Uh, she's uh, half black, half South Asian, married to a Jew. <laughs> I love it. She's got like the UN and she's a she. Um, this is amazing. I said earlier and I tweeted earlier, Beyonce has that song, Who Runs the World? Girls Do. And it is so, as a, as a woman and as a mother of a girl, I have a girl and a boy, but my daughter's 12. This is a big, big deal for people talking about, oh, not gaining as many seats in the House. Oh, maybe we won't have a majority in the Senate. Uh, we didn't think it would be, you know, or it wasn't, you know, a landslide. This is not how it looks to me. You have more than four million people or close to more than four million people above Donald Trump in the popular vote voting for this ticket because there are people out there that didn't just come out to vote for Joe Biden. They were voting for Senator Kamala Harris to be vice president. And who knows, maybe four years from now, the first female president. Yeah, I think you're right, Leslie. I want to make a quick correction. Kamala and I have definitely been friends since college years. She went to Howard University, though, and I That's went right. to the University of Chicago. Right. So Very we different schools in and different class states. Together. <laughs> yes, but we were friends uh, since our college days. And I think... Well, one thing that's happening, Donald Trump, that's why he must go. He creates so much drama and sucks so much energy and air out of the room that this historic moment where the first African-American Indian uh, American female is going to be our vice president, that story is getting overshadowed because now we have all of these shenanigans with Donald Trump around these baseless and you know merit, uh, meritless lawsuits that he's filing and, and his dog whistle to uh, you know some of his base to incite violence. Uh, but I think once we get this election call, we'll be able to put the proper focus on this historic moment for African-Americans, for women of color, and for just women in general. So it, it's a matter of time. It's coming. Uh, undeniable historic moment. And, and I'm super excited about it. And I'm like you. Yeah, we all were sitting around Tuesday waiting for the big blue wave. And we got a little discouraged when Florida came in and Texas came in because, you know, we were led to believe we were going to, like, you know, have this landslide uh, across these states in the, the uh, Sun Belt, and it didn't happen. But look where we are today. Record number of votes for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, uh, 4 million votes ahead of Donald Trump, uh, and on our way to taking back this country and reclaiming, as Joe Biden always says, the soul of this nation. So I couldn't be more excited myself. <laughs> I, I, I want you to speak to that, because uh, and I'm so glad that my party, the Democrats, are the one to get to say, we put the girl in the White House, um, you know, even though it's in uh, the VP position, position number two, we will see what happens in the future. This, her being soon to be the vice president of the United States, um, a black woman, uh, a South Asian woman, uh, a woman, um, but to, to those minority groups, to those people of color and women of color, can can you speak to us about this? That this is this is incredibly significant, and uh, and and why beyond just the obvious? Well, it feels like two thousand eight all over again when the African-American community realized that Barack Obama was going to be the first African-American president. And so many people, older African-Americans, you know, came out to vote, got actively involved in electoral politics because they could not have imagined that in their lifetimes they would see a black man become president. And I'm getting that same feeling from uh, women in my social circles, in my business circles, 
you know, just women in general, women I come into contact with on social media, you know, the women I interview on, on my own show, there's this sense that this was something that seemed so far out of reach. And I think our hopes were dashed when uh, Senator Warren, Senator Harris, uh, Amy Klobuchar, those women who were running in the Democratic primary, when they didn't make it, there was this sense that maybe this moment was going to pass us by and we were going to be right back where we've always been in this country with both a male uh, on the top of the ticket and in the number two position. So when Biden selected, well, first of all, when he made the statement that he was going to make a female his vice presidential candidate. I think that was amazing. And we yeah. have to give African-American women uh, activists that have been on the ground. I give them a lot of credit because immediately after he made that statement, activists went to work. They started, you know, demanding and not in a, I think, overly aggressive way, but in a look. Black women have been the backbone of this Democratic Party. We have been reliable voters. We got Doug Jones in Ruby Red, Alabama, elected to that Senate seat. Uh, you know, so it was time. And there was the sense that we had the perfect candidate, a, a U.S. senator from a state like California that has 34 million voters. So if we were ever going to have an African-American or a woman of color be on the, the ticket uh, this was the right time, this was the right candidate, and this was the right moment. And I think that there was a sense of urgency around it that was created by so many of the activists, the Black Lives Matter activists, the the, the activists who were pushing forward this, this progressive agenda. So I, I couldn't be happier with one, obviously, Joe Biden, but even I think we got to give Representative Clyburn, uh, Jim Clyburn out of South Absolutely. Carolina, give him a lot of credit uh, for having the foresight, one, to... Uh, see that Joe Biden was the right candidate for this moment. Uh, and I had an opportunity to interview uh, Congressman Clyburn, and he said he wasn't giving Joe Biden an ultimatum, but he's the father of two right. daughters. And so how important it would be for him as a dad to have a black woman on that ticket. So I have to imagine that he you know, gave Joe a little nudging. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and Joe Biden respects him a great deal. They have a great friendship for many years as well. One of the things that I like is that Senator Harris um, exemplifies the changing face, literally, of America. I mean, we have more people. My husband's Indian. My son is brown, adopted from Pakistan. My daughter, although half Indian, is as white or whiter than me. Um, we have, you know, I'm from parents of two religions. My husband's another religion. And and, and we're seeing more of that. We're seeing people with, you know, interreligious uh, marriages, interracial uh, marriages, uh, family, blended families, you know, families that, you know, even though I don't, uh, you know, I'm not a fan, uh, the new Supreme Court member, she has, uh, what, seven children, two of which are African-American yeah. and five of which are white. And, and this is, um, you know, this is what America is. And to be able to look up and not just see two white guys standing there, um, you know, is so refreshing. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with you. And uh, I love your background, by the way. It's beautiful. <laughs> the pictures, <laughs> the you. flowers, are perfect. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with Reva Martin. I'm Leslie Marshall. Don't go away. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at LeslieMarshallShow.com. They're our next door neighbors, and you can actually see Russia from land here in Alaska. She might not be able to see Russia from her backyard, but she's no dummy. Leslie Marshall, she can talk politics, and she actually is smarter than a fifth grader. I'm gonna
is uh, the artist JoJo. The name of the song is The Change. No offense, not the kicking kind of song. I would have preferred Eminem, <laughs> what they used in the ad. I'm not thrilled with the song, sorry. But that is uh, the uh, the uh, song for uh, Joe Biden and for uh, his campaign. And it, it, it's called The Change. And we are going to hopefully uh, have a change, but certainly those on the right are fighting uh, especially coming out of the Trump campaign. No question uh, about that. Uh, we continue our conversation with Ariva Martin, award-winning attorney, best-selling author, legal commentator, uh, talk show host, and television producer. It is good to have her with us. Uh, she is a friend of the soon-to-be uh, vice president, and we're talking about the history made uh, with Senator Harris, uh, soon-to-be Madam uh, Vice President, um, and the first woman, uh, to be a vice president, the first woman of color uh, to be a first uh, a vice president. By the way, the first person of color to be a vice president, right? Because Barack Obama wasn't vice president; he was president. Uh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, good, good to you know have you uh, back with us. You know, we 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 have definitely seen the power of black women in in the vote. Okay, I mean, incredible numbers. Do you think that her presence, especially in the White House, as number two? Uh, Senator Kamala Harris, uh, soon to be, uh, hopefully Vice President-elect uh, Kamala Harris. Do, do you think that this will get more women, especially in the African American community, involved in the voting process, whether coming out to vote, registering to vote, or running themselves? You know, how much of a change do you think this will make in that arena going forward? Well, I think it's important to note that African-American women are probably one of the most engaged demographics in the Democratic Party. So I don't know if the Democrats can, you know, go any higher in terms of black women in the vote. Maybe there's like two or three percent of black women who are not engaged in that process. And clearly having Kamala Harris in that office, uh, I think, is going to be a motivator for women and particularly women of color. But here's something I think is even more significant about the Biden-Harris ticket and particularly Kamala Harris. It's we, we take to think of the presidency and vice presidency as those two offices. But the reality is the entire apparatus of the United States government is about to change. When you think about Donald Trump's administration, there's Ben Carson, right? The right. black lone Ben Carson, who we pretty much don't see. I don't know when I've seen Ben Carson last. There are a couple of women, Betsy DeVos and, and maybe I think the transportation secretary, uh, you know, the higher profile women in the Trump administration have been his senior advisors, his daughter, uh, Kellyanne Conway, before she left, uh, his press secretaries. But we have not seen in large numbers women and particularly not women of color hold positions of power in the last four years in the Trump administration. And that's what I'm super excited about, because Kamala Harris has this, this saying she likes to uh, repeat over and over again. And it's that her mother would tell her it's OK to be the first, but make sure you're not the last or or the only. So she may be the first woman of color to go into the White House as VP, but she's going to be pulling up women of color into so many critical positions, whether it's, you know, U.S. Attorney General, uh, Secretary of State, you know, all of the positions that the Biden-Harris administration has to fill, we're going to start to see those positions reflect the uh, electorate. We're going to see the 54% of women that voted in this election represented in that administration. We're going to see the, the, the black women that are carrying this ticket in Detroit, in Philadelphia, in Atlanta. Uh, we're going to see those women represented in, in this administration. The judgeships, I'm super excited. I had a chance to serve 
on Kamala uh, Harris's, which is her Senate, a judicial committee where we would review judges. So I'm super excited about all the young women of color who now will become federal judges or at least get nominated. Now, we don't know what Mitch McConnell is going to do, but at least they'll be, you know, given a seat at the table and a voice. So this is so much bigger than, than Senator Harris or VP Biden. This is about really transforming our entire government. So th that, I, I think, uh, you know, we, we can't lose sight of that. When we start to see those women showing up at press conferences, at cabinet meetings, you know, when they have those big, uh, you know, uh, the, the conference rooms that we see all white men sitting around with Donald Trump making decisions about this country, when we see those rooms integrated and see women and people of color, I think it's been a really sink in how crucial this election is. Absolutely. And I, and, and I think, quite frankly, that there are some, sadly, that voted for the president that were fearful of exactly what we're going to see, um, you know, and <laughs> And even though it's maybe a, it's seventy around million us, of them, Leslie. yeah, they're they're not living in reality. When you just look at you know uh, numbers, I mean, Latinos, uh, you know, are are reproducing at a much faster rate than anybody else, uh, you know, in the population. When Kamala Harris was Attorney General in California, she got a lot of flack from blacks, not only in California, but especially she ran outside of the you know uh, of the state of California, you know, because of her, you know, some of her decisions that you know with regard to incarceration and some other is issues that you know affected the. Um, African-American, you know, uh, you know, not just community, um, but specifically African-American men. Um, and uh, it, despite that, and people thinking the black community wouldn't be, you know, uh, behind her, she definitely energized voters and she definitely energized voters of color. No question. After her name was announced, you saw registration in increase. Uh, you saw money increase. And definitely, I think there are people that came out, like I said, to vote for her that may not have voted for Joe Biden if she weren't on that ticket. No, absolutely. There is an enthusiasm gap that she uh, helped to close for the Biden ticket. Because let's be honest, when Biden was running in the primary, there was very low enthusiasm for him as a candidate. People right, thought right, he was right. past his prime, that he was, you know, a relic of the past. And her announcement to that ticket definitely energized the party, as you just said, in terms of voter registration and money. I mean, they, they had a record fundraising day on the day that she was announced. I'll say this about her record, too, because I've been uh, supporting uh, Senator Harris. I was a big uh, part of her Senate uh, election, uh, her campaign here in California. A lot of her record was distorted. Uh, and there's evidence, and, and this has been documented, that she was one of the primary candidates in that Democratic presidential primary that was targeted the most uh, by foreign, uh, you know, Russian interference, foreign interference. A lot of misinformation and disinformation was disseminated on the internet about her record. And here's the deal with her record. She was very clear about not being tough on crime, but being smart on crime. She doesn't get nearly enough credit for her uh, programs around reentry. Uh, and if you talk to young, particularly African-American female district attorneys around the country, they'll tell you that she was a role model for them, that they were encouraged to run for district attorneys uh, and to become prosecutors because of the example that she set, and that she mentored many of the young progressive district attorneys that we see across this country. So I think her record was distorted. And, you know, in this 24-7 media world, once a narrative gets implanted in the minds of some people, it just gets replicated and people never go back to the source. They never check the facts. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but I think more people are, are willing to accept 
that Kamala Harris's record as a prosecutor wasn't nearly uh, as, as troubling as some would have you believe. Uh, and her record in, in terms of being in the Senate is clear. In fact, you know, uh, Donald Trump likes to say she has been identified as one of the most liberal U.S. senators, yes. you know, of the 100. So how do you, you know, juxtapose that title or that identification with, you know, this effort uh, by some to paint her as being, you know, somehow regressive in her policies around criminal justice issues? So uh, I, I think her credentials are, are clear. You know, she's incredibly talented, uh, obviously charismatic, uh, just what the party needed. I think the juxtaposition between Biden, I agree. you know, his steady hand, you know, the, the, the senior statesman, and the next generation. And, and that's what we have here, the, the bridge to the next generation of leaders in the Democratic Party. You had mentioned the primary when you were talking at the beginning uh, of this uh, segment. We only have 90 seconds left. But did you ever think after the exchange in the primary between Joe Biden and Kamala Harris that he would have picked her and that, uh, that they would be standing together, hopefully on the stage as president and vice president soon? I'll have to say yes, and here's why. And I'll tell you, if you, lived in, if you live in California, the dream ticket. Oh, okay. Well, great. Well, in California, the, the dream ticket was always going to be Biden and Harris. There was always this thought that to beat Donald Trump, we would need someone at the top of the ticket that could, you know, win the Rust Belt. And that a Californian probably was going to have a difficult time making it through the battleground states in the Midwest. So there was always this thinking that that Biden could do that, you know, because of his Pennsylvania roots. He could make it through the Rust Belt. Uh, but a, a, someone like Kamala Harris could energize the party. So we weren't surprised. We were kind of expecting it. We didn't want to be, you know, too cocky about it. But a lot of us always wanted that to be her entree into the White House. And obviously, you know, if, if this goes well and every indication is that it will, she's set up to obviously do some amazingly big things in 2024. Absolutely. Ariva, thank you for being with us. Ariva Martin, award-winning attorney, a best-selling author, legal commentator, talk host, and television producer. Do you have a website or a Twitter handle that you'd like to share? Absolutely. You can find me all over the uh, all over social media at Ariva Martin. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. That's Facebook. You can check out my show, The Special Report on Facebook. I'm live every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 9 a.m. Uh, PST. Uh, and you can go to my website, arivamartin.com. That's A-R-E-V-A-M-A-R-T-I-N. Ariva, yes. a pleasure. If you're ready to be more productive and efficient in your mornings, listen up. Stop wasting time scrolling through endless articles online or getting lost in your email inbox trying to keep up with the day's news. Instead, listen to all the news you need in just about 10 minutes a day with the Newsworthy Podcast. Not only are we fast, we also focus on staying fair and factual. So if you want to be informed, not influenced, the Newsworthy is here for you. And because we cover a wide variety of stories, from politics to tech to even entertainment, it's not just the doom and gloom stuff. Never feel uninformed, overwhelmed, or annoyed by the news again. Listen to one of the fastest-growing daily news podcasts recommended by the likes of Harper's Bazaar and Podcast Magazine. In fact, Fast Company called the newsworthy 10 minutes of well-spent listening and said the tone is fair, effortless, friendly, and trustworthy. Simply search for The Newsworthy in your podcast app right now to subscribe and listen for free. Search for The Newsworthy to get fast, fair, fun news of the day with The Newsworthy. This holiday season, remember the families who've lost loved ones to COVID-19. Don't risk losing your loved ones. Stay vigilant. Make smart choices. 
Avoid indoor gatherings and wear a mask. Spread hope, not COVID. For tips, visit michigan.gov slash holiday 2020. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services.